as we go to the scripture this morning, you're going to hear a very short piece of the story of Ruth. Ruth has her own book in the Bible. It is one of the most beautiful and poignant stories in Scripture. And as I, I've said, this series on women in the Bible, it, it's like helping me become good friends with these incredible folks. I know that we used in our wedding some of the words that you're going to hear, as have others. But hear the poignant story of Naomi and Ruth. So just to give you some context, this is Naomi talking to her daughters-in-law. Hear now the word of God. But Naomi said, turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Do I still have sons in my womb that they may become your husbands? Turn back, my daughters. Go your way, for I am too old to have a husband. Even if I thought there was hope for me, even if I should have a husband tonight and bear sons, would you then wait until they were grown? Would you then refrain from marrying? No, my daughters, it has been far more bitter for me than for you, because the hand of God has turned against me. Then they wept aloud again. Orpha kissed her mother-in-law. But Ruth clung to her. So she said, See, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, Do not press me to leave you or to turn back from following you. Where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God my God. Where you die, I will die. There I will be buried. May the Lord do thus and so to me, and more as well, even if death parts me from you. When Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she said no more to her. So the two of them went on until they came to Bethlehem. The whole town was stirred because of them. And the women said, Is this Naomi? She said to them, Call me no longer Naomi. Call me Mara, for the Almighty has dealt bitterly with me. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi when the Lord has dealt harshly with me and the Almighty has brought calamity upon me? So Naomi returned together with Ruth the Moabite, her daughter-in-law, who came back with her from the country of Moab. They came to Bethlehem at the beginning of the barley harvest. Holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Shannon. At the last common table meeting, the gathering in there, I had us Uh, look at the four words that constitute our mission and our vision statement. Our mission, or I'm sorry, our vision is to grow, to grow in faith, to grow in love, to grow in health, and to grow in service. And on top, above those posters, was a much larger piece of butcher paper, and on it was a word, transformation. And to the side of that, it said, it's what we do. I thought a lot about that 
over the last month or so and realize that really that's the word that describes what we seek to do. Transformation. That we seek to bring a transformative or a transformational faith so that we might grow individually, spiritually, we, and, and community spiritually. We, we seek to bring a transformational kind of love within the church where we can grow in our relationships. We seek to be a, a transformational place for health, whether it's emotional or mental or physical health, where we can be transformed. We seek to be a place of transformational service, where those beyond the doors who are in need their lives can be transformed because of the actions that we take. And as I kept thinking about this story of Ruth and Naomi and Boaz, I kept thinking of transformation. And what transformation requires, almost without exception, is risk. I'm asking Jim to put up these words on here, and I'll come back to those in just a minute. But I want to I talk a little bit about this story and go back and give you as Shannon began, some context of, of what this story was. For, I'm not sure that a whole lot of us know this story. So let's move back just a little bit. Naomi is older at the beginning of this story and is married to a wonderful man. And uh, incredible blessing of being married to this man. And then they have two sons, an even greater blessing to this Jewish couple. And then those two sons find wonderful women to be their wives, an even greater blessing in the midst of their lives, a blessing of God, that God is rewarding them for living lives of faith. Then tragedy begins to happen, and suddenly the story kind of turns on its ear and becomes almost Job-like. First of all, a, ha- a famine hits that familiar town that we know of from Christmas, of Bethlehem, where they live. And so Naomi and her husband and their sons and daughters-in-law leave to find a better place to live. And in the midst of that move, the second calamity hits, which is Naomi loses her husband to death. But there is still hope because the two sons and the two daughters-in-law are then able to take Naomi in, as is the law of the land. And the sons are to provide for their mother-in-law, or for their mother. But then more calamity hits. And first one son, and then the next son, die. And now you have these three women out in the middle of unfamiliar territories, alone, without relationships, and without any promise of anything, because they are women. The only thing that provided them hope was that Naomi decided that what she could do was go back to Bethlehem where at least she had friends. And on the way, she has this revelation. It would be easier for these two young women to find other partners, other places, others individually than it would be for all three of these women to, to find someone who would care for them. And so the first daughter-in-law, Orpah, decides to go back to her homeland. But Ruth, young Ruth, clings to her mother-in-law. And that's where we hear those beautiful, poignant words. 
Do not urge me to leave you or desert you. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. Where you die, I will die. And should anything but death separate us, may God deal with me ever so harshly. Naomi felt, as they were looking at what was to come next, the responsibility of, of these two women. And so it was why she decided to send them away. But Ruth then took initiative and said, No, where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will become my people. And again, whether anything but death separate us, let God deal with me ever so harshly. Ruth sacrificed the potential for her own future because of the love that she had for her mother-in-law. Let me say it again. It was her (laughs) mother-in-law. Fifty years. We're going to make 50 years. But Ruth knew, Naomi knew, that it was God's call for them to stay together. And so it was worth the risk. But then there's the rest of the story, and, and so they head back and they go to Bethlehem, and Naomi is greeted, and, and like so many of us do in tragic times, we, we make one of two choices. We either believe God is punishing us or we believe God did this. And Naomi is the representation of kind of both of those things. And, and she believes that her name should no longer be Naomi, which is this name of blessing. And it should be Mara, which is this <coughs> name of God's anger. And, and yet, there she is celebrating. And Ruth begins to now take some risks. And Ruth becomes the one who begins to take care of Naomi. And in that time, just a reminder that what goes on there is that all of the farmers, all of the orchardists, everyone leaves 10% of their crops in the field for gleaning. And these two destitute women, and they were destitute without any promises, find some place out of town to sleep. And it's Ruth who then goes to one of the fields, thus the hands and the wheat, and begins to glean the fields so that they can make the grain to bake the bread that will feed them. And this is where, if this was a melodrama, and in many ways it is, this is where you get the because Boaz steps in and Boaz is the tall, dark, and handsome, rich, wonderful, gentle, perfect person that Boaz is. And he sees Ruth. Can you see this? He sees Ruth off in the field. And he walks out to her. Now, Boaz is about to also take a risk with responsibility, initiative, sacrifice, with knowledge. Because he sees her and sees her need and hears her story and pulls her in. And the initial thing that we see that we would miss if we didn't study this is that he takes her to the well and he dips water from the well and they drink it together. That, friends, suddenly moves Ruth from being a destitute gleaner 
into a member of the family. And the story gets deeper and deeper and richer and richer from there, where they're each able to risk of themselves. And finally, it turns out, Boaz and Ruth become married. And Naomi is able to come into that relationship. And the whole beautiful cycle begins again. And the cycle meaning Ruth and Boaz bear children. And guess what? One of their direct descendants is King David. And let me remind you that Ruth gave completely of herself to Naomi and so much more. And Boaz gave completely of himself to Ruth and Naomi and so much more as to transform their lives. King David gave him himself to unite this kingdom that had been so fractured for so long and gave of himself and more. And then ten generations later, a young woman travels with a man. Her name is Mary. And she is with child. And she was willing to give of herself to God and so much more. And her husband, Joseph, gave himself fully to her. Again, you talk about risk and so much more. And their lives were transformed. And out of that womb comes Jesus, who was obviously able to give himself and more. And you see risk and reward and risk and reward, but the reward is not for self-gain. The reward that we see consistently in every one of these generations is the gain of others. As a recognition happens of need and a response to that need occurs. But it requires risk. And it requires love. And then we're introduced to Paul, who in 1 Corinthians 13 which, by the way, again, I will remind us, was never intended to be used as for weddings. It is all about relationships, all about how we are to be with each other. Love is patient. Love is kind. It is gentle. It is not boastful or arrogant or rude. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is, and now we're reminded of Jesus' words that descendant of Ruth and Boaz who said, love your neighbor as you love yourself. And we can now go full circle. In loving your neighbor, all of your neighbors, no matter who your neighbor is or what they look like or what their needs may be, we love them as we love ourselves. The way that Ruth loved Naomi, the way that Boaz loved Ruth and Naomi, the way that King David loved his kingdom and God, the way that Jesus loved. And we look around us with the eyes of God and see those places where transformation can happen. And there are plenty of places where transformation needs to happen within us, within our relationships, within the community, and within the world. And It's why I love this story so much. And it's what this table is about. Jesus gave of himself in ways that changed lives. Changed lives. 
He healed anyone and everyone who came before him. No matter who they were, where they were from. He changed a political system and risked himself in such a way that it cost him his life. Willing to risk that much. And in the midst of it all, he changed the world. Transformed the world. And asks us now to be that next generation of transformation. Of taking the risks, of the responsibilities, the initiative. All of those things. So that others might know of this love and grace. And not words, friends. We don't do this just with words. Like Ruth and Boaz and others, it's all about action. I want you to picture the table that night. The disciples that he loved, and he loved all of them, including Judas. On the night that he was betrayed, Jesus took the bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body broken for you. As often as you eat of this, do it in remembrance of me. Remember. And after the supper was over, he took the cup. And he blessed it. And he said, this is the cup of the new beginning. This is the cup of transformation of a new covenant. And I've risked my life so that others might understand. The body of Christ. The cup of Christ. To remind us how we are to live in a new way.